be built on his love. It has to be built on his foundation. It has to be built on his grace. It has to be built on his mercy. It has to be built on him. If it's not built in him, it will not last. It will not last. It will not last. Hallelujah. a good God. He's such a good God. He is such a good God. Praise his name forever. Praise his name. Praise his name. Well, welcome to Linked Up Church, everybody. Welcome to Linked Up Church. My name is Nehemiah Ray. I am not Pastor Gregory, but my name is Nehemiah Ray. I'm the youth director here at Linked Up Church. Uh, Before you have your seats, I don't want you to greet your neighbor. I want you to take out your phone. I want you to look behind and take a selfie of somebody with you, okay? Take your phone out, take a quick selfie, all right? Take your phone out, take a quick selfie, and have a seat after you're done. There we go. Get a good one now. Get a good one. Get a good one. Make sure you look good. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, y'all still taking them. Okay. (laughs) All righty. Well, like I said earlier, my name is Nehemiah Ray. I'm the youth director. Did you all see the youth up here singing praise and worship today? They did an awesome job. They did an awesome job. I also see youth in the building. Yo, our youth are our future, you all. The youth is the future. Um, First off, I just want to give shout outs to one of the best pastors in the world. Pastor Gregory and Pastor Patricia Gregory as well. Y'all make some noise for them. Praise God. Uh, Second off, but most importantly, give praise to God and um, also my beautiful wife over there. You're looking good, girl. You're looking good. All righty. I find it really interesting that when we take pictures of ourselves. When we look at the picture, we don't care about anybody else. It's all about how we look in the pic. Have you all been at a restaurant or something and they take a picture and you go to look at the picture? You don't, you don't care what nobody else looks like. If your picture is good, it's like, yeah, yeah, we keeping that one. We keeping that one. You don't care if everybody else is busted, you want to keep your photo because you look good. I find that pretty ironic. I find it pretty ironic. Um, I'm going to be talking along the same line of what Pastor Gregory started on, um, being connected. Um, But in order to be connected to God, you must die to the selfie. You must die to yourself in order to connect with God. If we could turn to Genesis, I mean, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 2. 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 2. Selfishness, folks is one of the biggest things that plagues society, selfishness. Selfishness is a very dangerous thing. 
But we're going to look at that today. We got to die to the selfie. So y'all take that picture out and delete it that you did earlier. (laughs) Second Timothy 3, 1 and 2 says this. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now, tell me, does this sound like the last days to you all? For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Mm. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Where y'all youth at? Disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. We're going to talk about selfishness today. Now, here's some interesting facts about a selfie. Did you all know that last year there were 24 billion selfies posted to Google servers last year? 24 billion. Now, that is a lot of selfies that was posted up just last year. In 2013, selfie was named the word of the year. Did you all know that? Like, selfie. Now, do you all know when the first selfie was ever taken? Well, I have a picture of the first selfie ever taken. This was in 1524. If we could get that picture. In 1524, the first selfie was first taken because selfies, they're nothing new. This is something that has been around from the beginning. Uh, Okay, let's keep on going. It's been around since the beginning of time, and this starts in the book of Genesis. And we're going to look how selfishness has began in the book of Genesis, but yet it's been rampant throughout our society. So Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 through 13, and we're going to look at this story. So when the woman saw, now if you all have version, you can go to version, uh, go to the event section, and you can find out and follow along with us. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. So first off, we can see that women are selfish. I'm just messing, just messing, just messing. Just the other day, I was with my wife and we went on a picnic. I told her I was going to tell her. But we went on a picnic and we went to Chipotle. And my wife is the type of wife that she loves to eat my food. Like, we'll have the same exact dish, and she said, oh, yours looks better. Let me get a bite. You know what I'm, oh, okay. So I had my food, and I got a chip and dipped into hers, and she was like, uh-uh, what are you doing with taking my, f-? now, babe, you take mine all the time. How are you going to get mad? That's selfishness. That's selfishness. <laughs> but it says, she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Now, this It's one of the first acts of selfishness in the Bible. This is what you call selfish. Seeking or concentrating on one's own advantage, pleasure, or well-being without regard to others. And this is what Eve did right here. Then in verse 7 it says this. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Now, this is what you call being conscious of your self-image. You are so worried about what you're putting on and covering yourself, not realizing that God has clothed you with beauty, 
with righteousness, with grace and mercy. See, I tell the youth this all the time. If you're a type of person and you go into the mirror seven different times changing your outfits, that means you're dressing for other people. You're not dressing for yourself. You're dressing to make everybody, oh, girl, that's a nice outfit. You do look nice today, by the way. But you're dressing for other people, and that is a red flag that, hmm, I may just be a little self-conscious. Now, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees. This is what we call self-consciousness. This is worried about what one looks like trying to hide yourself because they hid from the presence of God. They tried to hide themselves so they were self-conscious. Then the Lord God called unto Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. This is what I call a low self-esteem, where you are so worried about what other people think, afraid that your esteem is now lowered because of what other people say about you. Can anybody know what I mean? Anybody know what I mean? Amen? I always wanted to do that. I find it ironic that the first thing that happened after sin entered the world was selfishness. It was the complete opposite of who God created us to be. Selfishness is the complete opposite of who God created us to be because God created us in his image and in his likeness. And in 1 John 4, 7, it says God is, let's try that again. Maybe you all don't read your Bibles. 1 John 4, 7 says, God is love. Good job. Yes. All right. If God is love and selfishness is operating outside of love, then that means we are not walking in who God has created us to be. And we're going to prove this real quick because some of you are selfishness. I love myself. Ain't that good? Self-love is good, ain't it, Nehemiah? It is to an extent, but if you're worried about you more than other people, then we have an issue. Now, we were created for love. God created us to love because we were created for love, to love God and to love people. Now, when you operate outside of love and who you were made for, you will self-destruct. You will malfunction when you operate outside of love. So I got this quick clip of um, this video that was shown where something malfunctioned and you can see what happened from it. So if you all could just check this out real quick. There were a number of failures during the year and the United was vanguard at the end of 1957. There were other vanguard failures, all achieved takeoff, but trouble occurred either in the second or third stages. Explorers two and five Beacon and Pioneer 2 were also considered unsuccessful experiments. So that is what happens when something malfunctions. And when we are not operating in love, we will malfunction. It's not a wonder why some of our lives are going in havoc. It's not a wonder why some of us are running into things and self-exploding. It's because a lot of times the root cause of it is selfishness. Now with this Um, with this thing that they let off, right? 
my mind just went blank real quick. <laughs> With this rocket that they let off, as you can see, something happened that caused it to explode. Something happened which caused it to not take off and be where it was supposed to be in life because it's supposed to shoot up and be with the stars. God has called us to be great. There is a seed of greatness inside of each and every single one of us in here. But if you put a seed and throw it out right here on the stage, will the seed ever grow? The seed will never grow even though it's the potential is inside of it to be a forest. Now, every one of us have the potential But did you all know that a seed has to die in order to live? I mean, the Bible says it. Jesus said it, but it's actual scientific fact. A seed, in order to live, it must die. So when a seed is planted into the ground, the seed starts to sprout. The embryo sprouts out, but that shell of the seed has to fall off completely until the plant, so the plant can actually grow up and thrive. That is just an example of how we must die to ourselves as well if we want to thrive. Now, what does dying to yourself look like? Because that's different for everybody. Dying to yourself looks different for everybody, but we'll cover that in a few. We will cover that in a few. You cannot be satisfied living for yourself because you were not created for yourself. You cannot be satisfied trying to please yourself because at the end of the day, you weren't made for yourself. You were made for God's glory. You weren't made just to self-soothe, self-satisfy, and be selfish. You were not made for that. Now, when we go back to Genesis, we're going to look at 12 real quick. Then the man said, the woman, and he, my bad, let me go to 11. And he said, who told you? that you were naked. Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, see, fellas, this is what we do right here. Then the man said, the woman whom you have given me, she gave me the tree and I ate. That's what you call self-preservation. That means you're trying to cover your butt. Yo, yo, it it was her. She made me do it. In reality, it wasn't her fault at all. God gave the man the one to be in charge. He was supposed to protect. Now, that don't let you women off the hook. (laughs) But he gave us the authority. So it was actually our fault. And then let's see what the woman did in 13. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? Then the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. She passed the buck onto the serpent. Do you see how this cycle keeps going? When nobody takes the blame for their own actions, they try to pass the buck to somebody else, and that's self-preservation. That's one of the first things that happened when sin entered the world was selfishness. Actually, before even sin entered the world, the devil, Lucifer, exalted himself, and he wanted to be God. Pride, that's a form of selfishness right there. Now, let's define what love looks like. Because if we're created in God's image, which is love, which means we're supposed to be love, which means we're supposed to manifest love, which means we're supposed to spread love, we're supposed to reproduce. What are we reproducing when it says make fruit and multiply? What are we supposed to be multiplying? I don't think it's just talking about our seed, like, yes, it's good, I reproduce with my wife, but he's talking about much more than that. He's talking about reproducing his image. 
We're supposed to multiply his image over and over and over again. That means we're supposed to multiply love. Love is supposed to be rampant in our society, especially with us in here. It shouldn't, I mean, because we can have Christian bump, bumper stickers, we can have Christian, you know, screen savers, we can have, say our verse of the day and everything, but right when we leave, somebody cut us off, beep, like we, we ready to get upset. Now, I mean, I think we can all admit in here, we've had a little road rage before, but at the end of the day, what are we focusing on? Ourself. Somebody cut me off. How are you going to jump in front of me like that? Worrying about you. I got somewhere. I got somewhere to go. Everybody got somewhere to go. We all got somewhere to go, right? My man Dan Moeller says this pretty often. We all wait. Yes, Lord, I want that parking spot blessing where I get the first parking spot whenever I pull in the Kroger. That's what I want, Lord. That's me. God died for so much more. Like somebody else has to walk. Why not be selfless? Let them, they don't even have to know. Yeah, I'm going to save this for somebody else. I can walk. I need it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no shots fired on that one. 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Everybody, I think, knows this scripture. If you don't, this is the definition of love. This is what love looks like. This is what we're supposed to look like. I will start at verse 1. 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Anybody know somebody that did just talk a whole bunch? Like they just talk, 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 talk. And they just sound like they rambling. Like you, you can't even get a word in because they talking so much. Like nobody likes to hear that type of person. Then it says this, and though I have the gift of prophecy, I understand all mysteries and all knowledge. Now that brother is deep. That's a deep brother. You understand all mysteries and all knowledge? Like, that's some pretty deep stuff right there. Like, that is really deep stuff. And though I have all faith that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. This man said, if I can do move mountains, that means I can move this church over to Powder Springs right now. We can, we can just move whatever. I mean, that type of faith. But yet, if you have not love, it says that you're nothing. Who cares what you can do if you're not showing people love? Does it really matter if you're super successful, but yet you're known for being a slob? Nobody likes Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> like, nobody likes a Scrooge. What does it matter if you can have no trials in your life, no tribulations, life is smooth, grandiose, nothing going wrong, but you don't have love? That's a miserable life. We see that with famous people all the time. They got it all, and we trying to get to it. They got it all, and they like, you know what? This ain't worth it. I need to take myself. I'm just going to take my life. Yet we trying to strive and get to it, knowing that it leaves them empty. Knowing that it's emptiness right there without Jesus. See, Jesus is love. God is love. He's the only one that's going to feel that right there. We all got a void on the inside of us. We all have a void, something missing on the inside of us, but only God can fill it. We try to fill it with so many other things, right? We try to fill it with a lot of things, drugs, alcohol, women, money, 
pornography. We try to fill it, but yet it will never be filled. <laughs> that thing is deep hole that only God can fill. Now, then it says this, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Now, that sounds like love, doesn't it? How do you bestow all your goods to feed the poor? That has to be love. You know the people that's always online for my millennials? The people that are always online showing like, yeah, look at me feeding the homeless. Yeah. Like, look at me. Like, people brag about that type of stuff, right? That's not love. Why are you trying to exalt yourself to make other people look low? You exalting your, look what I just did for the community, y'all. Do it in silent, man. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Like, keep that silent, my brother. Because Jesus says you already have your blessing. That's your blessing right there. That's that click, like them, them five likes that you're going to get, that's your blessing. You only getting five likes. You ain't got no friends on there anyway, so what you doing? Like, I ain't talking about nobody specific. I lost my spot. Um, here we go. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Who would give their body to be burned for somebody else if it ain't out of love? Who would give their body to be? Now, that's deep. Like, why would I burn my body for Justin? Like, why would I do that? Right? Why would I do that? To make myself look good. The motives. What's your motive behind life? Because some of us have ill motives, y'all. Some of us, we try to do things just to make us look good. It's sick. Because I used to suffer with that as well. I remember when we were at the West End, and I was serving in the youth ministry, and I was rushing. I was at home, and I'm rushing. I'm trying to get my stuff together. Yo, I got to hurry up and make it. I got to make it in so I can serve so that Vinny and Charles, and they, they see that I'm a faithful brother so that they know that I can take something over. Like, I'm trying to make sure. I'm rushing. I'm not thinking about the youth like, yo, some of these youths are struggling with things. I mean, I'm rushing trying to fulfill my own selfish motive. Let them see who? Me. I need them to see me. I show up. I come and I serve. Yes, Lord, that's me. We tried to do that, and then I recognized that in the middle of me rushing. I'm putting on my shirt. I'm trying to hurry up, and I say, you know what, Nehemiah? You don't even need to go to service today, dog. Just so I went and texted Vinny, like, yo, I'm not going to make it in today. I got wrong motives. I need to go pray. That's what I need to do. I need to get in my bedroom, shut my door, and I need to pray. Because if I'm worried so much about me looking good in front of everybody, I'm not caring about the youth. I'm not caring about the people that are coming in. I'm not caring about their situations. All I'm caring about is me exalting myself. We got an issue. You ain't going to help nobody. <laughs> you are you trying to look good in front of everybody. So we got to check our motives. Motives are so important, y'all. Motives behind anything, too. It can be anything we do. I remember one time I opened up a door for a lady. Hey, how you doing, ma'am? You know, it was a elderly Caucasian couple, and I opened up the door from there. Hey, come on in, ma'am. Nobody said thank you. I'm like, see? Who was I doing that for? I was doing it for the thank you. <laughs> I wasn't doing it to be kind. I wanted to hear, oh, you're such a nice young man. Like, that's what I was looking for. And I didn't get that, and I realized, yo, my motives are off. My motives are way off. How am I going to get upset because they ain't say thank you? I mean, it seems right in the world's perspective. They go off on somebody. You ain't going to say thanks to me. Like, 
They, get, they go off for something like that. But we in a different system. We in the kingdom. We have a different perspective on life than other people. So, this is the part I wanted to get to. So, verse 4. Love suffers long and it is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. These are things that we can all grow in, folks. We can all grow in these things. It's not puffed up. It says, does not behave rudely. And this is the one. It does not seek its own. Love does not seek its own. You hear me, son? (laughs) Love does not seek its own. Love is not self-seeking because it is seeking the one who gave us life. It's not seeking its own, but it is seeking his own. It's seeking him and his people. Yo, how can I serve somebody today? Yo, how can I bless somebody? Some of you all make a lot of money and some of you all don't make a lot of money. But you can put some money to the side just to bless somebody. Because we all seen those people in Kroger that's struggling just to pay a little something. If we saved up just a little bit a month, we could pay for that groceries. That's selfless right there. That's love right there. That's what the body is called to do right there. We're called to show love. 1K Few, he's a rapper, but he has a song out. It's called Show Love. Like it, it's a really popular song. Y'all should look it up. Anyway, I'm not going to sing it right now. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in it because we live in a world. I think this is very key for today's society because we live in a world that is so selfish that we don't even care about other people. We're so caught up with our own agenda, and I get caught in it too sometimes. I'm just going to be completely honest. Can I be honest, transparent? Because I get caught up in it too. I really like to write my agenda out. You know, I like to make sure I cross my stuff off. I like that. And I can get so caught up. I just did it earlier today. Where is she at? I apologize for that as well. I, you know, I'm so focused on getting in here, praise and worship, that I'm just walking by people, not even thinking about them. You know, people are dealing with stuff. People are struggling. And all we can do is say, hey, how you doing today, ma'am? Like, I'm sorry I didn't talk to you earlier. You look beautiful today. You know, you know how much that can change somebody's life? We don't realize it's the small things that make big impacts. You do a whole bunch of small things, you plant a whole bunch of small seeds, the harvest is going to be great. You're going to see lives change. You're going to see things made different. Society can change when we start to operate in who we're called to be. Now, thank you. So some of you all may not know, like, me or my background or people, like, how I was raised or anything like that, but I have some partners in the room, my bad, I have some friends in the room that, um, that they really, they know me. They knew me before I was saved, the BC days, you know, before Christ days, they knew me. And that, I can tell you right now, and some of them probably didn't even know this, but I was a very selfish individual. And he's shaking his head like, yeah, I knew that, bro. <laughs> my life was completely focused on me and myself and what I can get out of life. I was to the point so bad that I was a kleptomaniac. I'm just going to be honest. I used to love to steal. I used to steal all the time, right? Yeah, I was a klepto. That was a bad one too. But the thing, never mind. All right, so I would be so selfish that I would steal from friends and family. 
just so that I can get over for me. You know, my partner's left some money in the car. I hope your fault. <laughs> like, that's mine. How you going to leave it in my car? <laughs> Knowing that is their money, <laughs> right? Knowing that the last night they was out of their mind because they didn't know who they were, so they drunk, you know, leaving stuff. I was a selfish individual. You know, some of the other things I did, all sin is rooted in selfishness. Every single thing is, that's sinful is rooted in selfishness. Why are people lying? You're trying to save yourself. Why do people get drunk? You're trying to satisfy yourself. You're trying to drown your problems away. You know? Why are people smoking? Because you're trying to self-medicate. I need to relax. It makes me creative. Like, don't you know, like, <laughs> don't you know that the creator of the universe is the most creative? Like, he can give you things that you can never get by smoking some tainted weed, love. Like, he can give you something way more creative than the herbs. But God made it. Nah, not to smoke. Not to smoke. <laughs> he didn't give us gasoline to drink, did he? Like, so why would he give us that to just seems like common sense to me. So the other thing I would do, I was a compulsive liar. I would lie all the time. And then the other thing I would do, I would lie and I would roast people. For that, you all that don't know what roasting is, that is when you talk about and humiliate somebody else for your pleasure. You make them look extremely bad to make you look extremely good. So that is what I, I was a, I was a professional roaster, right? I would make sure I could dog somebody out so bad and make them look horrible, not realizing that they self-worth, that God created them in his image. I didn't know who I was, so of course I didn't know who he was. I didn't know who I was, so of course I was selfish. I would roast people. I would smash girl hurt, not caring about, not caring about the female, not caring about that she's hurt. Not caring about that she got daddy issues. No wonder she's looking to clean going to somebody else. Not worrying about any of that. I'm worried about, yo, I need to get mine and then get on out of my house. That's what, I'm just going to be honest. That was me. And some fellas know exactly what I'm talking about. Don't make me up here seem like the bad guy. Because y'all up here like, Pastor Gregory, did you know this? Like, <laughs> I'm saved now. <laughs> and the thing was, I degraded people. I humiliated people. I did all out of selfishness. I even said I was a Christian out of selfishness. I even said I was a Christian. Like back then, I'm doing everything wrong. No, I believe in Jesus. He died for my sins. I know the whole story. I can spit it out at you. But yeah, my life ain't look like it. Why was I saying that? Because I wanted to go to heaven. I. That's a selfish motive as well. Oopsie. Did I say that in church? <laughs> Uh, but it's honest. If your only reason for being a Christian, it's a good start. Everybody has to start somewhere, you know? That's okay to start, but we got to grow from that, y'all. It can't be all about, I need to get to heaven, Lord. I got to get to heaven. Because God did not cause us to be saved to go to heaven. He caused heaven to come down on earth. He wanted heaven to come inside of us. Because if that was the case, think about this. If that was the case, when we say the prayer, wouldn't we just go to heaven? God, forgive me for my sins. Boop, streets of gold. <laughs> like, it don't happen like that. Clearly because that is not what it's all about. It's much deeper than just heaven. God wants to put his spirit on the inside of you so that you can walk it out. So that we can love others. You all don't realize that we are called to do amazing things on this earth. 
MLK, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, these people were selfless. They were selfless, but the biggest one of all, oh, we should name some Bible characters. Abraham, Paul, Jesus. <laughs> like, <laughs> these people were selfless individuals, very selfless individuals. Now, how did all that change in my life? How did it change from me focusing on me to me focusing on God? It was when, I mean, me personally, I did a fast. I, I dedicated time to say, you know what, God, I believe you real. Let me find out for myself. Got down on my knees and I said, you know what, I need to know. Because it's okay to question. It's okay sometimes to question. But the thing is, like, you need to, you need to be questioning him, not Google. Don't be typing in Google, like, who, is Jesus really real? Like, you're going to get both answers, yes and no. Like, what you going to believe? <laughs> you know, don't go to Google to find, Siri don't know everything, all right? <laughs> Alexis don't know everything. God does, though. Ask him, and I promise you, he, he's a faithful God. He's not a respecter of person. If he did it for me, if he did it for him, if he did it for her, if he did it for her, he'll do it for you too. He will do it for you too. I promise you that. Let's go to Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 24. This is a story of Jesus, and he was talking to some people. I love when Jesus talks to people, yo. Jesus was such a, like, he was a G. Like, Jesus was a G. Like, capital G, O-D. Like, he was, he was, Jesus was raw. I'm not going to lie. Luke 9, 23 through 24 says this. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. What did Jesus say? If anybody wants to come after me, what must he do? He must deny himself. Now, he did not say deny your boss. He did not say deny your kids. He did not say deny. That's deep. If you, he said deny yourself. That's deep. If you want to come after him, you must, you must die in order to live. God didn't create you for you. He created you for him. And then he says, and take up his cross daily and follow. Some of us in here, we're trying to take up Jesus' cross instead of taking up our cross. Some of us in here, because we get, let me explain to you what that means. Some of us in here, we Jesus died for our sins. That was his cross. He died for our infirmities. He died for a sickness. He died for disease. He, that was his cross, and he took it, right? He took his cross, and he was up there. Some of us try so hard not to sin, we bite in our, I can't do this today. I can't do this today, right? And yes, it's good to deny yourself, but you need to rely on his grace. Amen. I don't think you all realize the... Older people say, yes, it's the grace of God that got me through. And we take that and we just don't even think about it, right? Because I used to hear, it's the grace of God. Not realizing that the grace of God is the power of God to help us overcome anything that we're dealing with. The grace of God is not just a past where you can just sin and do whatever you, oh, he loves me, oh, he loves me. No, the grace of God is there to transform your life. The grace of God is there to change you from the old person into being something brand new. The grace of God is not there just to say, oh, he knows my heart. He knows me. He loves me. That's not the grace of God. That is perverted. 
Now, is he a forgiving God? Yes. But what are you chasing after? If you're chasing after that, not chasing after him, you got an issue. What is our cross? What, will, what should we deny? We have to deny ourselves when it comes to all sorts of things. We have to deny ourselves when it comes to acting out of anger to people. Oh, we got to really like watch ourselves and we need to pray about that as well. We need to deny ourselves when it comes to making sure like we're not spending all of our money on ourselves. We need to deny ourselves and serve. Everybody knows something in their mind that they, can, that they can help. Everybody knows something in their mind, so there's no point in me going through that. Jesus was only asking us to give up something that he never gave, that we weren't created for in the first place. He only, let, let, me, let me repeat that. He is only asking us to give up something that wasn't ours in the first place. He's only asking us to give up our life, the life that he breathed inside of us. Now, that, now, my wife said this example. That's like me saying, hey, can I give you a dollar bill? You take a dollar bill, and then I say, hey, can I get that back? And I'll give you everything you I'll give you what the, the, It's a dummy that wouldn't do that trade. I gave you the dollar. Give it back. I'll give you what the, the desires of your heart. Because a lot of us, our desires of our heart, and I ain't talking about money. I ain't talking about houses. I ain't talking about cars. I'm talking about peace of mind. I'm talking about, that's a good desire right there. Like, we need peace in this crazy world that we got today. You can be going through a situation right now and nobody has to know it because the peace of God is resting on you. The grace of God is resting on you. Where they, they walk in and they're not knowing that you just got fired, you lost your car, your kids are going crazy. You don't know what to do, but yet the grace of God can give you peace. He can give you that rest. He can give you that rest. Now, how do you overcome? Does anybody know how you overcome? Blood of the Lamb? Word of our testimony. There we go. That, she's a Bible girl right there. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Let's go to Revelations 12, 11 real quick. Revelations 12, 11. There you go. Know that scripture. I like that. In verse, let's go to 12, 11. And it says this. And they overcame him. They're talking about the devil right here. Okay, this is talking about Satan. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Thank you. Thank you. The word, the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So Jesus is blood and you speaking about how good God is. But we often miss the very last and the most important part of the scripture. At the end of it, it says this. And they love not their own lives unto death. You can have the blood, you can have the testimony, but you must have that selflessness as well. That's why some of us are still struggling. The blood ain't got no power. Yes, it does have power. It still got the same power back then as it does right now. But some of us need to realize that the, selfless, the selfishness may be holding us back. It says they love not their own lives unto death. We ain't got to worry about, we don't have to worry about dying for the, being a Christian nowadays. Praise God. We can come in here freely. Nobody's worried about a sniper busting our head open. Nobody's worried about any of that. We can come in here freely, raise our hands and leave and not think one thing about it. These people had to worry about death. They love not their own lives unto death. That is wild right there. But the beautiful thing is this. We can overcome 
when we have the blood, when we have our testimony, and when we love not our own lives unto death. That means we can overcome any obstacle. We can overcome any trial. We can overcome any situation that we're faced against because some of us have some crazy situations that only you know about. Your neighbors don't know. Your small group don't know. The people you serve with don't know. Your job people don't know. But let me tell you today, if you love not your own life until death and you trust in the blood of God and you use your testimony, you can overcome. I promise you right now, we can overcome. We weren't created for ourselves in the first place, so let's give it to God. Let's give it to him, and then he will help us overcome any trial, any situation, anything that we're dealing with. It's all about giving up our life for the gospel's sake. What are you willing to give up to make Jesus known in your life? What are you willing to give up to make him glorify him and you be little? I must, John the Baptist said, I'm less of me, more of him. I say, die to yourself so it can be all of him. Uh, none of me, all of him. None of me, all of him. See, what we have to realize, folks, is that we're struggling with things, but yet we don't have to. Let's not focus on our problems. Let's magnify him. Let's magnify him over our small issues. Then we can overcome. The blood has not lost its power. I promise you Jesus is alive. I promise you God is real. I promise you that that man upstairs loves you so much. I promise you that he's not willing to hurt you. He's not mad at you. He's not trying to throw his lightning bolt at you. He loves you. It don't matter what you did in the past. His arms are wide open. It don't matter what type of lifestyle you have lived. His arms are wide open. I don't care what nobody says, what any churches say. Now we don't love them homosexuals. God loves you. I don't care. God loves you. It don't matter you come in here with a hat. God loves this man. Let this man come in with a hat. He's trying to change his life. Let, like, let's go in. <laughs> my bad. Not you, my brother. But let... <laughs> that brother got his life right already. But I'm talking about today dying to yourself so that you can truly live. Some of us don't have life. We're living, but we're zombies, walking dead. Life, is, life ain't got nothing for me. Got more years behind me than I do in front of me. Says who? Who said that? <laughs> Why are you believing that? <laughs> Die to yourself so that you can truly live. Let me have everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed. I believe there are some people in here today that you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all he's asking you to do is swap, substitute. Give me your life so I can give you true life. I can give you living water because that other stuff ain't going to satisfy. It's not going to satisfy, but Jesus can satisfy. You're talking to somebody who was a druggy, drunky, perverted individual, but God changed my heart. He can do the same exact thing for you. Jesus is real, and he can change your life. 
So if that's you today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, could you just raise your hand in here? There's nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to shrink away from. It's the most beautiful experience that you could ever have in life. The other question I have is this. There may be some people in here, and yes, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you have fallen away. Like you have been slipping on a slope, and you know that you ain't living completely right. I'm here to tell you today God is not mad at you. He wants you back. He never left you. You just kind of stepped away from him. But he still has his arms wide open, ready to accept you back. It does not matter what you have done in the past. I believe right now by the Spirit of God that there's some people in here that you have had an abortion, and that has been stopping you. You feel like God is mad at you because you took the life of that child. I'm here to tell you today that was in the past. Let's move forward. God ain't mad at you. He wants to restore you and repair you. He wants to fix you. He wants to make things right. I don't know who that's for in this room right now, but I truly believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying that somebody that had an abortion and is really stopping them, they think about it all the time. They can't get over that. You're thinking about that baby boy, baby girl, and it's breaking your heart, and I'm here to tell you today, God is not mad at you. He loves you. He wants to forgive you. That's the past. Now what you can do is move forward and impact lives. Let's impact some lives, folks. Let's change our world. The last thing is this. There may be some people in here that you need, just need prayer. The scripture talks about confess your sins one to another so that you may be made whole, that you may be healed. Now, what I want you to do today is be bold. Let some of our prayer team pray for you. These people love God, and I promise you they're not going to judge you. Be open. Be vulnerable. And the last one is receiving the Holy Spirit. That sweet Holy Spirit, the one that gives us power, the one that gives us boldness, the one that, the one that actually gives us life. So if that's you today and you want to answer any of those questions, could you just raise your hand? Could you just raise your hand if that was you? You want prayer? I see that hand over there. If you want prayer... You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want to receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. So what we want to do real quick, if that was you, we have some people here um, that will lead you and they'll come and talk to you. So if you could just stand up and we'll have the, uh, the team. If everybody could rise with me, please. If everybody could rise with me.